I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as falls in attack positions. Prepare for battle. Autobots, roll out. Get ready. It's your weekly dose of nerd culture. Always reported. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Amazing about it, I know mischief like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello, everyone. <clears throat> I am, of course, your least favorite host in all of podcasting. I'm Commander Scott. You are listening to the latest episode of Nerd Alert, a proud member of the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast network. And with me today, as always, joining us from somewhere in time and space, you'll never find a more wonderful man this side of an Einstein-Rosen bridge, it is the Doc. How's it going? Uh, so, uh, I've been teaching driver's ed this week. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know why you have to teach drivers named Ed. Uh, I well, figured they would learn, you, you know, know, whenever they You'd came. hope. Yeah. You would hope they would learn. But uh, I guess there's a big problem with Ed's not knowing how to drive, huh? Oh, there's, I only have six in my class right now for, for this class, which is okay, because it cuts down on my driving time, but uh, there's nothing that's more boring than two hours of riding in a car with two teenagers who don't say a word to you the whole time. See, now I remember way back when, several years ago, you would send me all kinds of really cool snaps and stuff when you were out driving with your students, and you had some awesome students. They would party with you and talk, and you all just looked like you had a great time. What? Where did those? Where did they go? That's a that is a great question. I'm not sure um, because of the six, only there's only one student who understands my Star Wars references. Well, he automatically passes. I don't care right. if he hits. I don't care if he hits stuff. Goes over, you know, um, <laughs> fire hydrants or what. He he passes. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to the rest of them. They were. I had fun groups back in the day, but this group just some of them are just kind of sticks in the mud. Well, from now on, okay. Next time you go out driving, the radio, ninety nine left balloons on loop in German. It, well, of course. No, no, no. The, okay. English, the English version is shit. Sorry. No, no. In German. It has to be the German version. The German version sung by the... I don't even know. It's a girl. N- Nina. Ah, uh, yeah. 99 says love balloons. Im weg zum Horizont. Great song. It is a great song. And it mentions Captain Kirk, so... It does. It's like the only thing I know. <laughs> I mean, I understand what a Luft... I know. I understand Luft balloon. Yeah. So, and 99 zig, but 99 zig love So you know what you know what the song's about though, right? Uh, I'm not sure I do. Really? So basically, I forget how the inspiration for the the guy who wrote the song came to be, but basically it's about 99 large red balloons which are released, you know. Helium balloons, so they're released into the atmosphere. They're released, they go up and of course they're this big mass, right? Because there's a shit ton of them. They're all going up, kind of like a flock of birds. They're all going up together. And so what happens is when they get high enough, they get detected on radar by uh, the military. And the military thinks it's a nuclear attack by the United States, and so they scramble. That's huh. literally the entire the, the, the story of the song, is these these balloons set off the, the, the Russian um, military... Uh, counter defenses against an, uh, a U.S. nuclear attack because some idiot mistakes them for a nuclear missile and a first strike of, from the United States. And uh, 
of course, everybody scrambles, and you got the people in the jets and everything, and that's where the Captain Kirk comes in, is because in in the lyrics, basically, all, she she's saying, you know, all the fighter pilots think they're Captain Kirk, you know, because they're they're in their jets and they're doing their their jet things and everything and stuff. So uh, it, it's really here's good. A, here's a real deep cut, Scott. All right, go for it. Was the guy who mistakenly launched the counterattack Michael Madsen? I don't believe they mentioned him by name, but when you say Michael Madsen, it makes me feel like I should know who that is, but I don't. Uh, Reservoir Dogs? Oh, I've never seen Reservoir Dogs. Uh, oh, he's in a bunch of stuff. Um, anyway, he is the he is the guy in the movie War Games who pulls the pistol on his commanding officer. Oh, yeah, at the beginning of the movie. In the launch tunnel. And yes, like, yes, turn your key, sir. Yeah. Yes, that's Michael Madsen. Okay, yes, I knew I knew the name. I just yeah. couldn't remember who he was. No, 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 he's, he's not in it. No. Nothing that, so that was that, that was my deep cut, because uh, of the Michael Madsen reference to war games. To war games. Well, I applaud your deep cut. That was actually a really, really good one, and, and I would have gotten it had I known the actor's name. That, it's all right, it happens. I, these are these random things that I know that I learn while sitting in a car teaching driver's ed and I have nothing else to do. You never have to apologize to me for random knowledge in your head. <laughs> At all. I've been de- so I've been delving here the last 2 days into um <clears throat> trying to understand the differences between special and general relativity and how they relate to the, the Lorentz translations. Translations transitions. Lorentz transitions, sorry. Nice. And it's one thing that that uh, I've determined, uh, and that is without a doubt, uh, Einstein was a lot smarter than I am. He he was a genius for a reason. He was, and I think it has something to do with uh, uh, not nearly as much masturbation uh, as uh, <laughs> as I apparently have uh, uh, partaken in. So, well, he didn't have the internet. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) Had Einstein had internet porn, we would not have special and general relativity. (laughs) Just saying. I mean, that that could probably be determined as fact. That might be, uh, unless something else comes up, that might be our episode title. Einstein and internet porn. (laughs) And they'll be like, wait, this is what? This has nothing to do with This isn't what they talked about at all. <laughs> oh, well, at least I'll get some people to listen. i got to find out what's going on with Einstein and Internet porn. So anyway, what we are talking about today, Jay, I'm going to let you introduce our topic here, since it was somewhat your topic. It was a little bit of a hybrid, but you expanded it into other things. So go for it. What do we got going on? Uh, so... I'm I'm getting married in October, and uh, as part of that, I'm buying my groomsmen a pair of cowboy boots. That's just the basis of it. So, uh, okay. Obi John lives in Kentucky. I live in Iowa. So I was going to go visit Obi John and get him boots in Kentucky. And I said, as part of that deal, he had to help me create a D and D character. <laughs> Okay. And, and so, I've never played D&D. So hang on. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. Yeah. I was really curious because I knew what today's topic was and you started talking about combat or, or cowboy boots and I'm like, I don't know where the hell he's going with this. I yeah. don't know what's going on here. <laughs> so anyway, okay, yeah, create a D&D character. Uh, so, and then that got me started talking with you about RPGs in general uh, before we recorded an episode and... Uh, we were discussing different RPGs, and then you brought up the Star Wars role-playing game, and I was like, whoa, Star Wars is a role-playing game? And I completely just was like, yeah, D&D can go on the back burner. I would definitely, definitely be interested in Star Wars role-playing game. Uh, so then that brought us to our topic today, which is role-playing games in general in any sort of media, whether it's uh, a, an MMO on your computer, uh, paper, pencil, roll the dice type thing. Or um, more recently, we've had some more game consoles come out with more RPG type games. And uh, so. So, 
Sorry, dive into that. Well, uh, it, it's a it's a great topic, just RPGs in general and stuff. And until you and I started talking uh, last week, I, I didn't realize you you'd had like zero experience uh, with pen and paper RPGs. Yeah, and I have to say, so I I, I owe you a little bit of an apology. Okay, just so you know, because what got us on this topic was something you you said to me last week and I found it very funny and and I found it so funny that uh <clears throat> I've relayed this story a couple of times to some people in the interim. <laughs> okay. Was that you while we were we were off the air and you and I were just just chit-chatting. And you had mentioned to me that you and your fiance were at uh the books magazine section of Walmart just killing time, right? Yes. And you had found that somebody had written a guidebook to Dungeons and Dragons. Right. And I'm like, a guidebook? What, what do you mean? And, and, and you described it as, you know, it breaks down everything for you so you know what's going on. It, it gives you all the different classes, all the different characters. Uh, and it's like a handbook for players. And that's the way you put it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did, did, was it actually titled Player's Handbook? And I sent you a picture of the 5th edition Player's Handbook. And you said, yeah, that's it. It's hardcover, right? And I said, yeah, that, that's not so much a guidebook to the game. That is the game. Like, if you're going to buy Dungeons & Dragons, that's the book. That's what you buy. It's not like that's a guidebook to another, you know, more complex thing. And as a, as, as a longtime gamer, I'm sorry. I do apologize sincerely. I found that quite humorous and everything. It, but, well, hang on. So, it, it's fine. Well, no, no, no. no so... Once again, I, I, I don't I don't mean to disparage, and, and I don't I, I, I try not to. So I got to looking at the player's handbook while I was you know sitting here today. We were prepping to get on, and I was looking at the book. Um, and on the front at the bottom, it does say everything a player needs to create heroic characters for the world's greatest role playing game. And then on the back, I looked at the, the blurb on the back, and it says the player's handbook is the essential reference for every Dungeons & Dragons role-playing. Role, role there is nothing on this book that would tell somebody who has no practical experience with role-playing games that this is the game. Nothing. You know? It seems to be a major oversight. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, this does nothing to tell you this is Dungeons & Dragons. If you want to play, this is the book. It contains all the rules. Now, of course, there is the Dungeon Master's Guide and the Monster Manual, which round out the core three rule books, as well as multiple supplements and adventures and, and everything. And, you know, that'll give you extra rules and, and more resources to play, but you don't technically need them to play. The only thing you need to play Dungeons & Dragons is the Player's Handbook. But this does not actually tell you that anywhere on here. Yeah, you know, because even think, even uh, even the blurb on the back after the summary. So you got the summary, then you got this little blurb. It says when you're ready for even more expand. Oh, and then never mind. That, that, I misread that. That's my bad. <laughs> it says expand with the Dungeon Master's Guide and Monster Manual. But yeah, and I, I feel like they're missing a major portion of the people who don't know this, and they need maybe they could market it as, "Hey, this is what you need to play." Well, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you what, real, real quick. Um, I'm going to give the shameless plug to one of our other podcasts that uh, Obijah wanted to uh, uh, wanted me to do last week, and me being the the asshole that I am, didn't. Uh, the other podcast that that I work on called House Rules, which just started up, and basically is a podcast of all things rules related in games. We are actually in the process of of outlining and putting together a whole series that we're going to be doing <clears throat> um, on role playing games, and it's going to be basically role playing one on one. It's going to be you don't know, you've never played a role playing game, you want to. We'll listen to this series, and we'll take you step-by-step step through what is a role-playing game, what, what you want to look for, how to get into it, and, you know, just anything you need to know about getting into role-playing, we're going to cover it. So, nice. That, that, that resource will be out there. Well, I am excited to have you leading the way for our uh, Star Wars RPG that we're going to be doing. Um, looking forward to that immensely. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned you wanted to play, and you mentioned we we talked about D and D, of course, and and if you want to play D and D, we'll play D and D again. Nothing against that, 
Uh, I just always found that if you're going to delve into, you know, if you're going to, to, to dip your toe into the waters that is RPGs, then uh, you really should go first and foremost with something you know very well. And I know you love Star Wars. Yeah. So that's why I mentioned the, the Star Wars role-playing game. And unfortunately, um, I'm not going to be utilizing the, the current Star Wars role-playing game that's, that's published by Fantasy Flight. Um, it is a very wonderful role-playing game. It's wonderfully published. Uh, but for someone who's never played a role-playing game before, I think it's a little complicated and complex in its rules. Uh in the mechanics, so I'm going to start you all with the D6 system that was published by West End Games uh, way back in the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go old school on you and such. Uh, and I know you've made your background for your character. I, I don't completely know what it is yet, uh, but you, yep. you've, you've flushed it out. Uh, the campaign that I have in mind for you uh, and Obi-John is uh, a... Uh, uh, I'm not going to tell you the title of it because I don't want you to Google it or anything. I don't want you to cheat on me because it's out there. You can find information on it. It, it was uh, a campaign that was written for that game back in 1995 by Timothy Zahn. Well, parts of it were written by Timothy Zahn. The, nice. uh, yeah, the the author of the, the Thrawn trilogy and and uh, the, the gentleman who named Coruscant. Uh, yeah. Um, which, in all honesty, so... Getting off on a little bit of a tangent, here's Timothy Zahn is probably, you know, has gotten the highest praise from any Star Wars author that that was out there, especially from the old school expanded universe, in that you never heard the name Coruscant or Palpatine in the original Star Wars trilogy, ever. Those names are not spoken. Uh, the, the first time we hear them on screen is in Episode 1, A New Hope. The first time they were written down, I believe, was Timothy Zahn did it. Um, and I don't remember if it was in the Thrawn trilogy or if it was in Shadows of the Empire. But he's the one that named Coruscant and Palpatine. And George Lucas, when he you know did Episode 1, he kept those names. Ah. Uh. I want to say it's also referenced in the Han Solo trilogy because I remember as a kid reading it, and I have it again, so I'm going to read it again. But uh, I remember pronouncing it to myself, Corsicant. Corsicant? Because I couldn't, I didn't know how to say it. Ah, we didn't know how to say it either, and we always pronounced it uh, uh, Coruscant. We we we, we, makes, we just makes sense too. You, you threw the you threw the Iowa A into it. <laughs> Yeah, Corsican. Corsican. We got a Corsican. Uh, and then, and then I remember when when, I, when we went to see episode one, and and Qui Gon says, you know, that he gets uh, he gets challenged by the battle droids, and he says, "Where are you going?" And he goes, "We're taking these people to Coruscant." And I'm like, "That's not how you pronounce it." <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, sir. Hey, you know what? I said the same thing. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, shouldn't he be saying Corsican? Yeah, it was it was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> Coruscant. I love it. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I want to. I just want to dive into it. Well, hopefully, we've had our session zero, so we've got uh, we, we, you both got characters now and everything. Uh, hopefully, sometime in the next, maybe not this weekend, but the uh, weekend after or next weekend, we can we can hop online. Probably roll twenty is is what I'll use. I don't know yet. Um, and we will, excuse me, uh, get together with our first session. So I've got the first three sessions, the first three episodes, if you will, uh, outlined. So I, so I know where you're starting, I know what's going on, and literally, I've got to get the party together, so. Ah, yes. Um, so, since we're speaking on RPGs, yep. my first experience with any type of RPG was actually a video game. Okay. Um, I'm sure our listeners are familiar with, and you are familiar with, the Diablo series. Oh yeah, love Diablo. And I had never played Diablo. I had a friend in Iowa that played Diablo on his computer, but I didn't quite understand it at the time. And uh, 
then I was, I think I was in Kentucky with Obi John, and he's like, hey, we should play this game. And it was Diablo 3. And I was like, okay, what is it? And he described it as a hack and slash. It is a hack and slash. And I was just kind of like, hack and slash, what's that? And then he started getting into, you can take a basic character and name them, and then you level them up by playing, and you collect items and find things. And I was like, cool. So when we started playing, it was before the Reaper of Souls edition. Yep. And uh, they had barbarians. And I will say that the barbarian was extremely overpowered for the original version of Diablo 3. Because he not only had uh, melee attack, but also kind of a ranged attack, where he had throwing axes. Um, I think of I course, was, I made myself a barbarian. I think I remember that because I think I played a barbarian uh, back when when some friends of mine and I were playing on Xbox One, and I really need to get it again for uh, PlayStation Four because I, I love Diablo Three; it's a fun game. But I think I remember that, and basically, I was a weed whacker. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was uh, John. Of course, was an archer, the uh, demon slayer, demon killer, or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, of course, because you know John has to be an archer. Uh, hey, people like what we like. It's true, and that's fine. And uh, so I just I was a barbarian, and I just went ham on everything and uh, destroyed everything. But what I really liked about it was the ability to find things. And the one thing that made me the most excited when you killed a, a bad guy, especially like a major boss, is if there was the glowing beam of light coming from an oh, item yeah. that they dropped. Because you knew it was a legendary item, and you were super excited to find out what legendary item that you were going to pick up. I always love, I always love that, that sound effect that was made when, when enemies dropped something that the sound of like armor falling onto the ground. Yeah. That sink. I love that sound. Uh, I'd have to say one of my favorite legendary weapons from that game was the Zweihander. Yeah. Which in German is the two hander. Uh-huh. And it was just a giant two handed sword and there were different variants of it. Um, but I definitely used it with my barbarian for a while. The only problem was because it was a two-hander and he was a barbarian, he couldn't carry a shield. Um, yeah. But um, then in Reaper of Souls, if you're a crusader, one of your unlocks for leveling up is the ability to wield a two-handed weapon one-handed. Nice. I don't think I ever played a crusader. Oh, the crusader was fun. The crusader was like the barbarian but it took out ranged attacks, and um, he had a lot of, uh, since he's a crusader, he had a lot of holy-type things. Yeah. Um, one of them is like uh, like holy fire or something like that, and when you summon it, it actually rains down fire from the heavens uh. onto your enemies. Uh, there was one that was like lightning, so it struck lightning. Um, there's a a spell that you can cast where it creates like a a circle around you that's so wide that if your party is standing in it yeah. and you it also it heals everybody within the circle. Um so yeah, it's been a while since I played this. I can't remember in in Diablo was there a skill tree that you could customize your character with? I forget. Yeah. You could uh uh you unlocked certain attributes at certain levels, and then you could uh, you could apply skills to the attribute, or like you could open up new attacks, and then apply a different skill to the attack. Okay, but it wasn't like so. There's one thing when it comes to uh, video game RPGs that I don't like. That some some RPGs do it and some don't, and I don't like this. And that's where as you level your character or what have you, you're eventually going to get enough points to unlock everything, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't matter how you build your character. You're going to have everything anyway. Right. So there's literally, there's literally no, in my, in, in my opinion, there's no 
role-playing aspect to it because you're not customizing your character. It's just, what do I want to be better at until I get good at everything? Um, so I can't remember. Diablo's not like that, is it? Where you get enough to get everything. You actually have to pick. You have to get a kind of craft your character to, to your play style. Yeah, like you can unlock everything, but you can't use all of it at the same time. Okay. So like on so like uh, R one or L one on a PlayStation controller, I can't remember which, or like R two or L two, mm. were different attacks, and um, whatever that button attack was, you could set it to one thing, but it couldn't be multiple things. So like my my Crusader, he's got shield bash, mm. and so he just sort of like shoots forward with a lot of speed. And just bashes the enemy with his shield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, uh, you can only do that. You can't do something else with the same button. Ah, I see. So, so you have to go back in and change it. You'd have to, yeah. So you can unlock everything, but you have to assign what abilities you're using. You have a certain number of slots on, on what you can use at any given time. Yeah. Um, that's right. And, and that's how you <clears throat> craft your character to, to your play style. Yeah, and so of course I have Shield Bash because I don't really think about things. I just run in and attack. <laughs> uh, whether I have ranged characters to worry about or not. Um, so th- there's a series of books that you need to read if you have it. And, and I know you're getting married here soon and, and stuff, so you don't have a lot of time to read right now. But after you're married, and you know you can you can start ignoring her and stuff. Um, <laughs> You'll have more time to read. Uh, if you've never read them before, it's uh, it's called the Icewind Dale trilogy by Ari Salvatore. Okay. Do you, do you know those books? I do not. Okay. You really need to read these books. So these books are, and and, and first of all, if if, if you want to get into D anD D, if you want to learn a little bit more about D anD D, this is a really good uh, way to do it in a fiction sort of way. So these are Dungeons and Dragons books uh, set. Uh, in the Forgotten Realms, which is a campaign setting for Dungeons and Dragons, and so this these these books were published during the uh, second edition of the game, uh, or what I call the golden years of the game, and it was really funny because so you have this this, this group of heroes, this group of friends. And the main character at the beginning of this, these books, which the first one is called The Crystal Shard, was supposed to be a, a character named Wolfgar, who was a, a barbarian from the north, okay? Okay. And, like I said, that was supposed to be the main character of the story, yet there is a supporting character in this story who is, his name is Drist Duarden. And uh, some people call him Drizzt. I always call him Drist. And, uh... The uh, he, he's a ranger, and but he's a dark elf. So uh, he's from a, a race of evil elves. But he's he's the uh, he's the anomaly. He's the good one, and <clears throat> he became the fan favorite. Like everybody loved this character, and but it was really funny. You say you don't really like to think a lot because at one point, so when Wolfgar becomes the adopted son of Drist's friend, Bruner Battlehammer, who is a dwarf. Um, Bruner tasks Drist uh, with training Wolfgar how to fight. Okay? Okay. And there's a great scene where they're, they're, he's training him and stuff, and literally, I, I, it's been a while since I've read it, so I don't, remember, I don't recall the exact wording, but Driss basically makes the comment to him. It's like, okay, look, there is more to fighting than the philosophy of find something really large and hit something really hard with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, 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 now, keep in mind that starting starting the Icewind Dale trilogy could lead down a rabbit hole because there's like 37 of these novels right now. Dang. You don't have to read them all. In fact, I stopped reading three or four novels ago because now they're into fifth edition and the whole tone changed. I just didn't like where the characters went. But that's just my opinion. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. Right. But, yeah, like, 
I could put together a list of, of stuff that are, you, you really should read that, that'll get you a little bit more familiar with Dungeons and Dragons before diving into Dungeons and Dragons, if that makes sense. Right. But yeah, no, going back to, sorry, I, I got off on this tangent because you were talking no, about okay. you know, rushing in with the, the shield bash and everything. It just made me think of Wolfgar. And uh, Diablo is fun. And Diablo is actually called, or it was described to you as hack and slash because that term is actually used to describe a way of playing a pen and paper role-playing game. Because you can play like Dungeons and Dragons in Star Wars many, many different ways, uh, depending on who's running the game. Uh, so you could have a game master who tends to focus more on story and role playing. So you know, you know, what does your character say? What does he do? Blah blah blah. But then you got some you know people who like to some people in groups who like to play a more quote unquote hack and slash adventure, and it's all about the combat rules. Literally, that's that's what they want to do. They want to get into combat. They want to they want to roll and kill you know trolls and dragons and stormtroopers and yada yada yada. And that's really all they care about. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but right. that, that's where that term comes from. Hack and slash is usually when the 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 core gameplay, the crux of of the game, focuses more on the combat than it does story or char- character elements. Okay, so. More combat, less like uh, I never played it, but like World of Warcraft. Well, now here's the thing I have about MMOs. I've played World of Warcraft. I've played Asheron's Call. I've played EverQuest. Uh, I've played Lord of the Rings Online. I've played shit. What other MMOs have I played? Some others I don't even remember. And they're all fun in their own right. the problem that, that I have with, with those is... Because you've got some really good story elements in those. Have you, have you ever played any of those? Have you played an MMO? I have not. Um, I have a friend that beta-tested World of Warcraft. Oh, that's cool. And so he got to keep his character when the actual version came out, but they took him back to a certain level. Like, he had leveled way up. Yeah. And so when the actual game came out, he could keep his character, but it was leveled down. It was nerfed. Yeah. Well, so when it comes to these games, so you, you got your character and you have quests, and these quests do have storylines. And my thing is, I, I go through every quest, I read the narrative and the story for every quest, because I like the story aspect of it, right? Right. But it's going to take you forever to get anywhere. And if you want the high-level gear, if you want to level your character and reach max level and do the end-game content and everything, you kind of have to forego all that, and you have to grind. And I can't stand the grind. And what I mean by that is you've got like daily quests and stuff that you just have to log on, you have to do your daily quest, you have to find a... Uh, you don't have to have to is a strong word. You you can do this on your own, but I think it's going to take you a lot longer. Um, but, you know, you, you, you get groups that you'll go raid the higher level dungeons with, where you'll get the, the rare drops and the, the better gear and stuff, so you can keep leveling your character. And you just got to do these same things over and over and over and over and over again. Like, in World of Warcraft... And keep in mind, it's been years since I've played. There was a high level, actually, it's a mid level dungeon, I think, called Scarlet Monastery. And many people would, would do it. it was, I think that's what it was called a raid. And so I've never done it because you can't do it solo, it's, it's too high. It's meant for a group. And, and, and I'm kind of I'm standoffish on, on games. If I don't know you in real life, I usually don't. I, I'm not good at making friends with people I can't see. Right, yeah. And so I never got to do it. And, and I, I tried. There was a couple of groups I did try with. But once again, I like the story. So, like, literally they would. But they've run Scarlet Monastery like 150 times. So they go to the first place, do what they got to do. Run to the second place, do what they got to do. Run to the third, run to the next, run to the next. Now, I'm still at, like, area one. Because I don't know where the fuck everybody went. 
I'm like, what the hell's going on? And of course I get killed because things start responding and I can't handle them by myself. And I had a friend once who played and he and I were talking about it and he's like, well, shit, man, I'll help you run through Scarlet Monastery and stuff and we'll take our time and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. So we get in there and it was me, him, and I think three other people. And so we come up to the first quest givers. And so I start clicking on them. Now, keep in mind, everybody who does this, who runs it, who grinds it, they just go click. Okay, 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 okay. They just f- click through it as quick as they can to get it, get the quest. And that's it, because that's all they care about. Yeah. And so I'm reading the narrative, you know, because I want to know what the story is. And so I get done with that, and I'm like, okay, that was cool. And I look around, and everybody is gone, including my friend. <laughs> I'm like, really, dude? You just, you just left me. Oh, I was pissed. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. See, that's that's like me with like uh, I know it's not in the same realm, but first person shooters. Yeah. I don't like the online multiplayer, which is what a lot of people just buy it for. Yeah. I like the story mode. Yeah, story mode's good. I love story mode. I mean, I like the online as well, but only when I'm playing with people I know, my friends. Great. I will gladly go through the story mode three or four times rather than play online with a bunch of people that I don't know who they are. And that's because that's fun for me. Yeah. Well, you know what that means, right? What's that? It means you're getting old, Jay, just like me. I, I know. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> yes, you are. <coughs> uh, yeah. Oh. That was my, so that's like kind of my only experience, I guess, with RPGs. Not only, but like mostly experience with RPGs is uh, playing um, Diablo 3. So you never played any other style RPGs like uh, you never played uh, Knights of the Old Republic going back to, to Star Wars since you're a Star Wars fan? Oh, shit. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, that's a, that's a different type of, uh, of RPG for, uh, for video games. Uh, that's, that's more what I call, I call it story-driven more than character-driven because, yeah, you've got a character that you do, you know, kind of level up and stuff, but this one gives you a whole party of characters that you can play and level up and customize. Um, yeah. I, uh, I forgot about that one. I really enjoyed that one. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. You and several other million people. <laughs> yeah. Cause the fans for the last several years have been screaming for them to release a remastered and updated version. Um, oh, I would get it in an instant. Yeah. It would sell like hotcakes. Um, I don't know if there's any plans to do it or anything. I don't think there is, but I could be mistaken. I mean, we did get Jedi Fallen Order, which it was okay. I, I played it, uh, but once again, that I didn't. I don't consider Jedi Fallen Order a RPG because you really have no choice. I mean, yeah, you can choose what order to go to different planets in, but it really makes no difference. Ultimately, you're going to end up in the same place with the same skills. Uh, right. It's just, it's just if you don't do it in the order they want you to do it in, it's going to be harder. That's it. Um, Knights of the Old Republic was fun. I'll be honest, I never beat it. Uh, I didn't either. I always got to the last level um, where you have to fight. Uh, is it Revan or you're Revan? You're Revan. Is it Malak? I think it's Malak that you have to play. Yeah, I think you're Darth Revan. And I was, I was too light side. Um, I didn't have any, like, dark side powers to help me. Ah. And uh, I tried going through again and getting myself dark side powers. Um, but I, that wasn't as much fun for me because I didn't yeah. enjoy being dark side. Well, now you know, you've seen Star Wars Rebels, right? Yes. Yeah, now you know Rebels makes Knights of the Old Republic canon again. Really? Well, remember when Ahsoka and Kanan and Ezra and uh, Maul go to, uh, I can't remember the name of the planet, but they go to that, that, that uh, the Sith planet, and they, they're, they're trying to get up to the top of the Sith temple, and you have all of the, uh, the Jedi and Sith warriors that have been turned to stone. Okay. Yeah, that's the last fight. That's, that's the last fight from, uh, from Knights of the Old Republic. That's the Is same. It really? It's the same planet, and when you beat Knights of the Old Republic, you have two different options you can choose for the end. You've got the light side option and the dark side option, 
And the light, the light side option was always the one you're supposed to pick, obviously, because you know you want to be a Jedi and everything else like that. They gave you the dark side option because it was a role playing game, so they wanted to let you play the character however you wanted. But the light side option, you basically activated the weapon and you turned the weapon on the planet itself. So you, you destroyed the Sith with their own weapon, and it turned everybody to stone. And uh, so with them having that episode and going back to that planet, now there are some people who will argue that technically it doesn't make the entirety of the story canon, it just makes that last battle canon. And I can see that viewpoint, and I can understand it, and, and, I, and, and they're not wrong, but from my point of view, making that battle canon makes the entire story canon until something else contradicts it. Well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Sorry, I had to do it. Sure. Yeah, let's... <laughs> let, let, let's, uh, let's just go with a with a random episode three quote. Sure, let's, let's do that. <laughs> from a certain point of view. From a certain uh, point of view. No, I remember that one, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, let's see what else. I Okay, not quite role-playing in the sense that you have a character that you're leveling up, but you are playing, I guess you could say you are playing a character, uh, would be like the game Werewolf, or uh, uh, The Thing. Okay. Like, I know The Thing The thing board game is not quite role-playing, but you're definitely playing the you're, people you're, that you're with. Yeah, you're playing a character, it, it is not an RPG. Right. It is a board game. Um, and one of the defining traits, in my opinion, of an RPG is you get to grow and develop your character over time. And there are board games that will give you RPG elements. One of the one of the biggest ones right now that's most popular is uh, is a game called Gloomhaven. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Gloomhaven, but a lot of people like it. But yeah, the thing I would not consider a role playing game. That's just right. Me. Yeah, I know it's a board game, but I was yeah. just thinking of like where I am more into my character than the game. Like, I don't have a I have a character to choose, but I'm trying to convince the people around me that I am not the thing. Yeah, um, and I can see that. And 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 you, because I've played the thing with you, and you do bring some role playing aspects to it. Um, and you, I, I can see where you're coming from in that, that when you are trying to, con if you are the thing and you're trying to convince people you're not the thing or trying to keep them from suspecting you, then yeah, you do have to take on, it almost, it almost take, uh, takes on a, uh, LARPing aspect at that point, which is live action role playing. Yes. Uh, cause your body language can tell you a lot. Right. Um, and things now, werewolf. When you say werewolf, are you talking about the like sort of card game where one person's a werewolf and everybody else is villagers? One person's a seer. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a card. Was it a card game? It wasn't. When I always played it, it wasn't a card game. Like it's card game now. I think. Yeah, there, there, there's a card version you can buy that helps you play it, but you don't need the cards to play the game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Werewolf is a fun game. Oh like yeah, werewolf. it's a very interesting game. But, uh, yeah, what's your, uh, what's your favorite RPG, Scott? Oh. Now, are we talking video game or are we talking pen and paper? Wide open. Fuck. <laughs> Damn you. Well, okay, all right, let's narrow it down. Uh, what genre do you like RPGing in the most? Like, uh, fantasy, sci-fi, fantasy, sci-fi? <laughs> Fantastical sci-fi. You know, my, my, I tell you what, my likes are so eclectic and all over the board. It really depends on my mood. Like, okay, I, I'll tell you this. So when it comes to role-playing games, pen and paper, pen and paper role-playing games, we're going to, we're going to talk about these. There's, there's three like core genres. Okay. And there's, there's the class based system which I call level-based, which is Dungeons & Dragons. So I'm a level 1 fighter. I'm a level 10 rogue. I'm a level 43 wizard, whatever, right? Okay. And then you have what I call uh, the skill-based games, which is what the D6 Star Wars game is we're going to be playing here soon. Um, and that is there. there is no class and there is no level. 
I have a character. His name is Yada Yada. And his skill, his attributes are this, and his skills are these at these ranks. And this is him. This is just who he is. It's just skill-based. So when I improve the character, I'm literally just improving his skills. Um, and then there's the what I call the narrative-driven games. Uh, so like the, the, the most popular one, the longest-running one that I'm aware of is um, uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, another good one is the Dresden Files role-playing game. Um, the the Fate system, pretty much anything with the Fate system. Uh, and these are games that, that, that focus more on character development, the role-playing aspect, and story narrative-driven uh, adventures than it does any kind of a dice mechanic. And I have a very hard time wrapping my head around those. Uh, and that's something that I'm really looking forward to discussing on House Rules. With, with some of the other people in the group that, that do those better than I do. Personally, of those, my favorite is like the Star Wars D6 game, which is part of the reason why I chose it, which is the skills-based system. Because I think it has a very good blend of dice mechanics and character development. Dungeons & Dragons is great. I've played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons. But my problem with Dungeons & Dragons is that people tend to focus on leveling their character. They're like, oh man, I'm 53 points away from level 10. You know, and level 10 I get this. You know, they're, they're not really developing the character so much as just leveling the character. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, you, I, you've, still got, you've still got play ways that you can, con, con, you know, uh, uh, configure your character. Yeah, you, you're still going to be able to role play, but you're still on this very narrow little path. So in, in my own humble, un educated opinion uh if you're gonna play a role-playing game to me that is like it says it in the name itself role-playing it doesn't say leveling game (laughs) i mean you want to you want to put yourself in the game you know what i mean you want to put yourself in that world yeah you do you want to immerse yourself in the character you want to get into it um and that is where one of the one of the core things one of the, the, the real cruxes of, of having a good role-playing experience um, with pen and paper role-playing games is the group that you're playing with. The group has to mesh well. If, uh, if you get into a group whose play style is radically different than yours, you're probably not going to have a great experience. I'm not saying you couldn't have a good experience, because you, know, you can, but it's not going to be great. Um, and role-playing groups, and this is one thing I was telling you about, because you, you had mentioned some people that you know, you know, have played Dungeons & Dragons, and you've kind of been uh, hinting, you know? Dropping like, hints, Dropping yeah. hints that, hey, I like this stuff. Maybe you should... As far as the norm is concerned, no, uh, no gaming group is going to just invite you in completely, blah, blah, blah. You've got to make the first move. And not just hints. You've got to say, oh, you like Dungeons & Dragons. That's cool. I've always wanted... You've blatantly got to tell them I would love to learn how to play. Because <laughs> breaking into a tight-knit you know, gaming group, especially one that's been together for years, is, is going to be difficult. I'm not saying it can't right. be done, but it's going to be difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I like skills-based games. I love the Star Wars D6 game. It is one of the best role-playing games that's ever been made. Um, I like, well, so I, I'm also a huge Trek fan, obviously. I mean, my handle is, you know, my, my, my I guess, was it nom de plume, I guess you could call it, is uh, Commander Scott. Um, and I've played three different Star Trek role-playing games over the years. Uh, and I, as far as I know, they've all been skills-based. Uh, the one from last Unicorn Games, uh, which was published back in the early 2000s, late 90s, 2000s, that was a fun game. I, I did love that game. I've got pretty much everything that Modiphius has published for uh, the new one, which is the current publication of it, which is uh, Star Trek Adventures, and, and that's a 2D20 system. But it is also uh, um, skills-based, so you're just you're just improving your skills over time. Um <laughs> I'm a level one red shirt. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Is, so hang on, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the player's handbook for Star Trek here and, and I'm looking at the character progression table. I I don't see the stats for a level two red shirt. Yeah, that's because there is no such thing. Uh, 
So wait, wait, what do you what do you mean? Let's start our adventure. <laughs> you need you need a party to go down to the planet and explore. <laughs> Who are you taking? We need the red shirt. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. <laughs> Um, now, one thing I do love about the Modifius Star Trek game that no other role-playing game... Well, actually, I'm going to have to take that back. Only one other role-playing game that I've heard of does this. But they don't do it in quite the same manner. So, you've got your, your player characters are basically your, your, your command crew, right? Right. You know, uh, captain, first officer, head of security, science officer, helm, weapons, blah, 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 tactical, blah, 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 blah. But if you watch an episode of Star Trek, not all of those characters are in every scene. Usually there's only one or two. If you're on an away team, you can sometimes get three or four. But what this game does, it has a, a mechanic in it that, like, let's say, okay, let's say you're playing the chief engineer, right? Okay. okay. And I'm playing the first officer. And there's a there's a situation we're in a battle or something, and you know the ship is under attack, damage is being taken, the engine room's going all kablooey and shit, sparks are flying, you know, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria is going on, and so obviously the scene that we're playing is centered around you because you're the chief engineer, right? Right. Well, so that myself, who's playing the the first officer, or somebody else who's playing the helmsman, doesn't feel left out. It has a set of rules where we can create a minor character, like really on the fly. It's just like we can just 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 create base stats. It's not a full character. It's like a slimmed down character of the crewmen, you know, that are in this scene with you. So the the other, you know, like the extras from that episode. Nice. And like if we like it, we can continue to have that character. And like I could create, you know. Um, uh, I don't know, Steve the Bothan or something like it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Boson Steve. Yeah, Bo. Yeah, Bo. Boson's mate, second class. Uh, <laughs> Steve. Steve. And 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 if I really like the way you know what's happening with him, I can actually keep that character for future adventures. And whenever there's something going on with engineering staff, and and my main character is not in the scene, I can bring Steve in. Or if, or if I didn't like how Steve handled it, or if I wanted to sacrifice Steve, you know, if if, if I sent him in, if he made the ultimate sacrifice and sealed himself off in a Jeffrey's tube to prevent, you know, half of the warp core from being blown off and he gets killed, well, it sucks to be Steve, but I can create another one next time. <laughs> Steve, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can create Steve's twin brother, uh, Stephen. I'm sorry, was, Stefan. For, for a second there, I was really hoping that you were going to say that it does something really cool that you've never seen, where if it's centered around one character, you still go back to the other crew, and like, let's say the first officer and the captain are on an away team having a great adventure, and you're the chief engineer, and it comes back to the chief engineer, and it's like, alright, you need to roll a seven to either eat the sandwich or buy the salad. <laughs> Well, see, now now that comes to how you construct the adventure and who's running the game. Because yeah, you can have a great you know, you can have a great story where, say, the captain and the first officer are on a diplomatic mission and they're doing their thing. But obviously it's either gonna have to be a one shot with your two players that are just playing those and the other players aren't at that session because they're working or uh, you know, uh, it it's their bridge night or something. And so you've just got those two players, or if you've got the entire group, you need to have a B story going on, you know, that will give the other characters something to do. But no, I, I really love the minor character thing. The only other game that I've seen that does this, and it's not the same, because with Modifius's 2D20 system, you create this secondary character on the fly, um, is a game called Ars Magica. Now, I've never played Ars Magica, I really know nothing about the system because a, a, a friend of mine has it and he loves it and he really wants to run it. But according to him, it is one of the most complicated role-playing games he's ever come across. And this is the man who got me into role-playing and his role-playing collection. I have never seen surpassed by anyone. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I've never seen it. Okay. Um, 
we made characters for it once. So in Ars Magica, every, everybody plays a wizard, basically, a mage, okay? But we're not talking like Dungeons & Dragons mage where you just cast a spell. We're talking about... We're talking like, you know, old school, once in future king Merlin style mage. Where you're, you're lifelong studying and you're hole up in a tower or a cabin or wherever and blah, blah, blah. And because your mage is a very scholarly person and does, spends a lot of his time researching, you're actually encouraged. The game wants you to make a second character that is a more physical character. And I think when I made my char- my characters for the game, because you make two, standard is the game. One's the mage, one's a non-mage. My non-mage, I think I made him uh, a woodsman, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just just a, just a woodsman. He was good with an axe, and he, he did his thing. He was a hunter. He would hunt animals. He would, you know, chop down trees and do generally what, you know, uh, which I think Chris Helmsworth did in The Huntsman. Is that right? Was it Chris Helmsworth? Hell, I don't know. <sighs> Anyway, but yeah, so those are the only two games that I know of that lets you create secondary characters to your primary character. Um, Ars Magica, though, the secondary character is like a fully fleshed out character. It's a second character, whereas the secondary character in Modiphius can be created literally on the fly. You don't have to do it beforehand. <laughs> uh, you can go to a scene and it's like, uh, you know, hey, uh, we have a disease breakout in medical uh, in 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 uh, sick bay, and it's quarantined, and so most of the adventure is going to be there. I need you and you to make secondary medical characters real quick, and it takes like three four minutes just to roll them up. <laughs> it really is a wonderful uh, thing. Man, I just I'm still stuck on the like you know the away team is off doing something. It's like <laughs> Commander Cox has the choice to either play chess or go to the hollow deck. Ooh, go ahead and roll. Can, can, can I go to the holodeck and play chess? Can yes. I play chess on the holodeck? You could play chess. You could be chess on the holodeck. I don't know if I'd want to be chess. That'd be bad. Just a whole chess board of me? That'd be bad. That'd be very bad. So anyway, but that, that, that I think is, uh, uh, I don't know, I think that that's pretty much kind of role-playing in a nutshell. Is there, I mean, do you, do you have any other questions for me about you know, role-playing games? Because... But since we haven't actually gotten into playing one yet? Not really. Um, the only thing I was going to bring up as far as like role-playing games, and I'm going to kind of dip into a different realm um, that you're probably than you're probably used to, but on my video game console, I play a lot of sports games. Yeah. And, and uh, one that I'm really into is uh, NHL hockey. Okay. And... So there's a mode on the NHL hockey game called Live the Life, and you can make yourself a hockey player. Okay. And you go th- you go through, you create him, you make like you get to pick your size, your weight, what kind of player you are on the ice, like are you a tough guy? Are you uh, more of a shooter? Are you more of like you grind it out and you put up a lot of hits and make a lot of good passes? Um uh, another one is called a two-way defender. So they play defense, like they're a defender, but they're also really good at playing offensively. And then, so that's what my guy is. But you create the guy, you name him, you pick basic stats for your character, for your player, and then you play games. And as you're playing all these games, all these hockey games, you're gaining skill points, and you can adjust the skills that you need that you deem necessary. For your player, so it's a sports game, but it gives you a role playing aspect for your your player. Yes, and not only that, after games or before games, you can get interviewed by the media, and it gives you four options. Because on a PlayStation, it's what square, circle, triangle, and X. Yeah. So it gives you four options for responses, and depending on how you respond to the question changes how your teammates, your fans, your coach, and your family view you. Okay. So, like, you could be you could be positive, and so, like, if you're in the positive, if you're in the blue, you know, you're in good with your coach. He won't bench you. Uh, you'll get more playing time. You'll get more minutes on the ice. If you're in good with your teammates, they'll pass you the puck. Um so so if, wait a minute. You, then you can, you can go negative. You can get and then they, you, you can get benched in this game. 
Yes, you won't get as many minutes. So and you'll get so uh, in in hockey since you have to change out a lot because yeah. it, it's a very exhausting game. Yeah, and they they go by shifts. They so they have lines. So there's four offensive lines and three defensive lines. So there's three offensive players on the first line, second line, third line, fourth line, and it's a right wing, a center, and a left wing. Uh, and then there's two defensemen. And there's left defense and right defense, but they're interchangeable. You can play either position. And so there's so you get subbed out because you need a break because you have a little energy bar. And when your energy bar gets into, like, the yellow or the red, you need to get shifted out. So could I theoretically play this game and be such a shitty person I never actually get to play a game on the ice? I just want yeah, I, I to watch every game played. You'd probably be like a third line defenseman or like a fourth line offense. Like if you if you're a winger, so like a right winger, left winger, a center, and you're just absolutely trash, you'd probably be put on be put on the fourth line because a lot of uh, a lot of fourth lines in hockey. It's not that they're bad because they're professional players, but a lot of fourth line guys are the guys you put in the game to hit somebody, maybe not quite legally. Uh, somebody that you don't mind putting in the penalty box for two minutes. <laughs> They're a kamikaze player. Yeah, they'll just go rough guys up. They call it, that's like their big line, like their physical line. Um, there's a great video that I've seen on YouTube. It's the start of a hockey game. So they're facing off right at center ice, and both teams put their biggest guys on the ice because as the home coach, you get last line change. So the opposing coach sent out his big guys, so the home coach took his starters off the ice and sent out his big guys, and there was an entire line brawl. And a line brawl is when all five guys on the ice are fighting each other. Okay. And the the goalies actually got in on it, too. So all six guys for your team were on the ice fighting each other. That That's just wrong on many, many levels. You know that, right? Right, right. But anyway, back to back to what I was saying. So it's a sort of sort of like an RPG in that you can improve your skills. And as a defenseman, I don't need to improve my ability to take faceoffs because I never have to be in the faceoff circle. So you can you can improve the skills that you need to make yourself a better player at your position. Interesting. I, yeah, I just really enjoy that one. I just find it incredulous that a video game based on my choices, would not let me play the game that I'm playing. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. You can still play it. Like, you'll still get in the game, but you won't get as much time in the game. Yeah, exactly. That just that just seems wrong to me. Well, you know? well I, I, think, I think what the game designers decided, though, was, hey, you know, the they're going to make the right choice and actually play correctly and, and not be such a terrible person that they're never going to get to play. Yeah. See, now I just want to do that. I just want to get into this game. I just want, I want the video game to go, you know what? You're just, you know, you just sit over there and watch. I, I'm going to show you how to play. Just, just watch me just do this. You just, 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 just sit there. You're, you're kind of a shitty person. Just, just sit there. Oh, this, so this game, this is the other thing I like about the game. Uh, a hockey season is like 82 games, I think. And you have to play them all. If you start simulating through games, your coach actually sends you like a text message and is like, Hey, I thought you were better than this, but it seems like you've just been phoning it in the last few games. Wow. Like like a text message on your actual phone or like your in-game well, phone? Like your in-game guy. Okay. Like your in-game guy gets a message from the coach. Wow. And is like, hey, I thought that you were better than this. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not. You're you're paying me $550,000 a year to be an asshole. All right? So get over it. <laughs> but this, I mean, I do enjoy it Like it's because I like sports games. I play a lot of sports games, too. But it's it's fun for me. That hockey game is fun for me because I get to go out and like actually be this person. Because most sports games you play as the entire team, and a lot of sports games have choices where you can be an individual player. Yeah. But for some odd reason, this hockey game just hits me right right at home. Like this is this is doing it right. Nice. It's, it's just it's fun. I I go out there and lay out guys. Um, I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I've been kicked out of a few games. <laughs> 
for illegal hits on people. So. Oh. <laughs> J J J. What are we gonna do with you, huh? Uh, sorry. I, like I said, bash the guy with the shield. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> I rush in, I hit people, I find something really big, and I hit them really hard with it, alright? That's right, exactly. So. Alrighty. Well, I think that's gonna, gonna about do us for, for this topic. What do you think, sir? I think it's, yeah. Hopefully we uh, entertained them with our what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Our regaling of uh, RPGs and stories and such. This is this this is why I teach math. This is why I teach math. This is why you teach math for for role playing games. No, the words, the words. I'm not good with the verbiage. You're not good with diction. Yes. Yeah. Your diction is not well enough to do anything but math. Gotcha. Yes, I can has bad English. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) <laughs> alrighty well I guess we're going to wrap it up for today so I want to thank everybody who joined in to listen to us rant and rave about role playing games both video game and pen and paper uh, once again thank you for joining us this has been Nerd Alert on the Talk Nerdy To Me Podcast Network be sure to check us out on Facebook Twitter and I think Snapchat, I'm not sure, at uh, TN, the number two, M Podnet, I think is our tagline. And check out some of our other great shows. Until next time. <laughs>